This choir podcast is brought to you by the story of Christianity told as good news for all. I'm Rick Machuga, and I'm a Christian. When I was young, I thought there were two classes of people, those who were saved because they freely chose to believe, and those who were damned because they freely rejected God. In middle age, I still thought there were two classes of people, the saved and the damned. Only now, I thought in terms of God's sovereign right to do whatever he damn well pleased. Now I'm old, and I still believe there are two classes of people. First, there are those who are saved, and they already know it. Second, there are those who are saved. It's just that they don't yet know it. A few weeks ago in church, we sang about the reckless love of God. How it chases me down, fights till I'm found, saves the 99. This song, this chorus, perfectly sums up my little book, the story of Christianity told as good news for all. You can get it at Amazon today, and thanks for listening. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical, with your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. Because I'm a gangster. A gangster for God. I don't know, I don't what, know you what you heard, but it's probably wrong. wrong. If you don't know what we're referring to, go back and listen to the last episode. Oh, it'll get stuck and in your head. It'll get stuck in your head for a goddamn week. <laughs> Welcome back to Apostates Anonymous. I'm your host, Matthew J. DeStefano, with another host, Keith Giles. Yes, and I am another host. <laughs> what, what was the, um, some guy with a podcast? Is that your bio for the, uh, the James White debate? Yeah, some guy with a podcast and a link to something that is broken it doesn't work <laughs> a link from 2013 yes yes for passivist fight club which doesn't exist anymore yeah is that just do you think that's just a passive aggressive dig just like just get one in before the the event I, even starts well i did ask the guy about it i mean after it was over i complained i said hey dude i just think it wasn't cool that i gave and you and he's probably hey sorry man man yeah, I didn't, you know, yeah meant exactly by it. And, and, yeah he goes i just I just glanced at the one I already had, and I thought they were the same, so I just went with that one. Then why did you ask me to send you one? You know? And then yeah, you, you couldn't look at it. Enough. Like, I promise you, you looked at James White, you know? Oh, he probably went through everything, made oh. sure every jot and tittle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, dude. So it was lame. That was, yeah, that I mean, was lame. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about... Some other shit, some other bullshit that goes on in religion. Some other, yes. Some other crazy bullshit. But yeah. uh, before we get into that, uh, just everyone who is listening, new listeners, welcome. Old listeners, thanks for hanging with us for this long. What do we What do we have that's been released? Go check out The Wisdom of Hobbits. Um, yep. Go check out, when is this dropping? Discovering Fire, Roger Wolsey decided that like two decades later, let's do a follow-up to my let's first book. Let's do a follow-up book. And it's... Probably better. I think it's amazing. It's uh, really, really. I don't good. know. I I I gotta be honest. I didn't read Kissing Fish. What? Matt. I know it did well. I know it does well still. Like it's fucking thirteen yeah. years later, and and it still does well. But 
Um, yeah, but it's going to be so, good. Uh, it's it's uh, it's yeah. a great book. Um, super excited for him. He's been posting about it already. I just saw this morning he posted something. Yeah, how excited so he is she, for the book and everything. So I'm excited that he's excited. It was um, a, a little peak. It was a lot of work. This <laughs> book was by far not like takes the cake as the most difficult book to create. Yes, and so. I'm glad that it is going to be out in the public, and we can see how well it'll do because I know Roger's going to do well. So yeah, absolutely. And then, um, yeah, and then uh, Rick uh, Machuga's book uh, just came out. Yes, yeah, and it did number one. Like it hit number one, which is yeah. really crazy because there was no book promotions team. And no, Rick's. I mean, look, Rick's like in his seventies. He's retired. <laughs> He's like a retired philosopher. He's like I'm not doing this shit. So but I was like, I definitely do. Yeah, it ca- casually the crossed the number one line. Yeah, just yeah, to- which is really cool because it's like, I mean, he's an academic, right? And he's written academic books that probably not a lot of people will read. Yeah, unless you're in seminary a, or something. Unless yeah. you're in seminary or philosophy, you know, he's yeah. a philosopher. So with like hundreds of footnotes, maybe thousands, I don't even know. This book has zero footnotes. So if you are a Christian universalist or you're interested in that, but you don't want to deal with the tedious yeah. nature of, you know, footnoting there. I mean, some of us are like that. I like I like all the footnote books, but I also like just a nice read. Yes. So yeah. that's his contribution to the popular world. So and then we've got we've got a, a really exciting April. Um, yes. We've got Josh Lawson's Drugs and Jesus. We've got Shonda Jaw with a forward to the Call of the Wild. Uh-huh. We've got Karen Shock's Too Much and Not Enough. I can't wait for that. <clears throat> that book's going to be amazing. I'm super that excited. With a forward really by Lacey Bean. That's correct. Everybody's and then favorite Instagram um, TikTok person. Do we have anything else? We have the bonfire sessions, second paperback, and so that's five with a, books with a great April. forward. Who wrote the forward to that? That's the most fucking sarcastic forward I've ever read in my life, and I was laughing the whole time. Isn't it beautiful? I beautiful. I started off writing something serious, and then I just couldn't do it. I was like, no, I'm just going to get snarky. And your forward was basically like, why does this book exist? <laughs> Oh my gosh! But I was making myself it. laugh, so that was that right. was a lot of fun. I was reading it, going, "This is kind of mean," <laughs> <laughs> but I can't disagree. Oh yeah! Well, oh man! So we've got a lot of stuff coming from Choir. You know, five books in April. Remember when we said we'd do one book? Just a month? one. Let's just do one a month, and now we're doing like five. Yeah, we did it's, like what did we do? Four or five in March, five in April. Well, it's because we launched then, three at a time in the Choir Classic yeah, series. That doesn't count. That was That's part true. of it. That's true. Um, but, but yeah, we keep time. what we're saying. We're going to slow down in the summer. We're going to drop down to maybe just two. I don't know that that's true, though. I don't think that's I have no idea if that's true. We'll see. I think I think we just have to. You, you, it's life, man. You got to go with the moment. And yeah, when things line up, they line up. And that's when that's when a book comes out, when it's ready to come out. So that's right. You know, you got to be hoping. a little uh, you got to be planful, but then you got to also be not rigid. Right. And I'm hoping to have some time to to write a book myself one of these days. So. Yeah, about the topic we're going to talk about today. But as always, before we get into that, we should start doing the ads at the end so everyone listens to these podcasts. But I guess yeah, we'll no, do the ad they, right now. Yeah, right after this, they're going to no, we have right a good, we have a good We have a good fucking topic today and a very interesting one on brainwashing, on, on cult of personality, on yep. being mesmerized by what we're going to talk about. Yep. Uh, but before we do that... A word from yet again, we treat our sponsors like shit because we got a new sponsor today. Yes, we have a new one. We, we get a new one every, every episode. <laughs> I hope that's not the case when real advertisers come through. Right. We'll, we'll see. 
So let's see, what, what do we got here? Let's get into it. Christians, we all know you've got skeletons in your closet. Perhaps a shady financial deal or two, a long weekend with a gay escort you'd rather not have your congregation find out about, a certain porn star you fantasize about knowing on a first name basis. We also know that you've made it your life's work to be outraged over what other people are doing in their personal lives. So what's a good Christian who doesn't want to be a hypocrite do? We all know you aren't going to read that passage about viewing your own sin as a plank, or the one about Jesus not coming to judge the world. So we're here to help. At Christians for Change, we've developed a state-of-the-art app called the Hypocrisy Meter. All you have to do is enter all your sins into the app and the AI will give you a report on what's biblically permissible to speak out against. From paying hush money to a certain adult film star, to lying about your mother dying on 9-11, our app recognizes most modern sins and develops a program tailored to your personal needs and desires. With our tried and true notification system, we'll send you reminders throughout the day in hopes that your next Bible study won't just be a gossip fest in the name of prayer requests. So sign up today for the Hypocrisy Meter in the Google Play Store and in the Apple Store. And remember, if it's not God's job to judge the world, it's probably not yours either. <laughs> that is a dream product. I wish a, uh, yeah. I wish they had, that I love, be, they had those a long time ago. I love those corporate soundtracks in the background. I was going to say, so the soundtrack behind it was gold. So like, it was perfect. so cheeseball corporate, like <laughs> stock audio. Right. Uh, you know, it's fun to just pull those out of your ass and be like, uh, what stupid shit can I come up with on right. one take? <laughs> right. Yeah, if I had time, I, I have a great one in mind, but I haven't had time to record it. So I guess that'll you, be next episode. Do you write a little script and then I have read to. It? I have to write yeah, a script and read it. I can't yeah. just ad lib it. I've tried yeah, it. For but sure. then I then I stop and I'm like, oh what you know, what should I say next or how should I say it? So yeah, I just have to write it out first. I, I didn't write out the lyrics to Gangster for God. Really? Or big or big ups church. I somehow Big memorized. Ups Church. Well big you, that's not so complicated. And watch the devil fall. And watch the devil so. fall. <laughs> that's my favorite one actually. I think here's what's funny, though. That one the, slaps. The Gangster for God one gets stuck in my head, but I but I like <laughs> the music for um you know, Big Ups Church and Watch that's the Devil a, Fall. That's the that's the cool thing about that album though. There's so much diversity in it. There is, man. Like, so much diversity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So today uh we are going to talk about and I think you've mentioned it on the show, um, yeah. a book that you're going to be writing someday. about Sunday. You can just someday. write it. Sun oh, someday. I was like, well, it's Keith Giles. He might just write it Sunday. <laughs> um, about like this, you, you were probably thinking about it more in terms of from the pulpit and pastors and the brainwashing and being mesmerized by it. But I, I've been noticing it a lot more. Well, it's almost like the same techniques are used by right-wing pundits, especially oh, since yeah. these these leaks have come out from the Dominion lawsuit. Uh -huh. The things we the things we now know they actually believe. You're like, "Oh, it's it's not just like if you if you listen to this show and then you and then you looked at your and my texts back and forth." Right. You'd be like, yeah, they they probably say some shit off the air that they're not going to say on the air. Right. I mean, that's that's everyone. That's literally. But it doesn't run counter to who we are as people. Like, right. you're not going to look through and be like, oh, they don't believe any of this shit. <laughs> right. But when you go to Fox News or something like that, you're like, oh, these people literally are contradictory to it, to the right. persona. The Tucker Carlson you see is an actor. Yes. Playing. He's like, he's more. Like a character. He's less. 
Yeah, he's less like a journalist and more like the real version of Stephen Colbert. Yes. That's a great well, that's a great analogy. Tucker Carlson is Stephen Colbert, but but he's but in not real life. trying to be funny. He's just serious. Yeah, exactly. He's he's <laughs> he's just playing somebody on TV. And we know that now based on his texts. Yeah. And so there's got to be some of that with the pulpit too. You ha- you must think like, oh, some of oh, these I people know, I know it's true. this shit. Yeah. But I, I know that's true because I've talked to, um, I've you know, in the Square One group I do, I've had almost every round I've had someone who's a pastor, either a former pastor or sometimes an existing pastor. And they will say that they're deconstructing and that they know they can't say from the pulpit what they really think. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, if they can, they'll avoid preaching certain topics because they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, say something they don't believe. But other times they can't avoid it. Like they're on some kind of, you know, what a, those, those mainline churches that are on the, what's it called? There's like a, it's not, it's not liturgy, is it? Um, cause like, you know, like all the, well, if they're, yeah, if they're on the liturgical calendar. Thank you. The liturgical calendar. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Or then yeah, you yeah. can't control it. Like, Oh, I've got to preach about sure. the cross or I've got to preach about yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, no, I, I know that that's true. So I know, I know there's pastors. I've talked to them about how they feel this tension sometimes. Because they don't want to lose their job, you know? Yeah, and to, to some degree, I, I understand, like, I, there's a, I have empathy for some of it. Like, if you're going through something, you're like, there's there's this paycheck that my whole livelihood depends on. Yeah. And so I have to, for some, it could be a, a balancing act done. But there's there's got to, there, there has to be a line where you're like, as a, as a person of integrity, like, you don't yeah. cross. Yeah. Like if you if you don't affirm something, let's say your church affirms hell still and you're the pastor and you don't or you don't know if you do. Yeah. Like don't just start preaching on it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to like out yourself maybe right away sure. <laughs> until you figure out where your income is going to come from. Right, right, right. But you also don't want to be like fire and brimstone preaching every Sunday. Right. Yeah, you don't want to like really really pour it on thick. Well, see I, I hope I don't think most people would do that. I think they would I don't think so. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you. But, I, I don't give anybody in that you've position. You've done some research on this stuff, right? On like, on how. Okay, so if if the if the preachers and pastors and pundits, political pundits, don't believe the shit that they're saying in front of others, how do they get people under their spell? Because it does seem like a spell. It almost seems like yeah. uh, when you go to those hypnotists. Yes. Certain people will fall for it. Maybe because they want to or something. I don't yeah. think I can be hypnotized because I think it's um, because that's probably based on my. They probably wouldn't pick me because they'd be like, "This guy's not going to do this. Right. He's not going to play. He's not going to play ball." Yeah. No. There is there is something to that. So like uh, hypnotism is so fascinating. I've been studying it, kind of kind of researching this book. And to be, I'll be very honest. The more I've studied, <clears throat> like a lot of the guys I've been watching, um, one is Melissa Tears. She's phenomenal. She's on YouTube. Um, there's another guy. Uh, Carl, I can't think of his last name. He's a British guy. He's great. He has a, he has an institute in in the UK where he trains people to be hypnotherapists and they're both amazing. They both put out videos regularly and, um, and Carl's amazing, uh, cause he's training people to become hypnotherapists. And so he's not one of these stage magician kind of guys who hypnotize uh-huh. people to make them quack like a duck or something like that. Yeah. He's seriously hypnotizing people for the purpose of therapy and, um, healing and all this kind of, and he's amazing. He's so amazing. Um, so what you just said is true. There is a level where you, it's yes and no. I mean, to say like, well, you know, I, I can't be hypnotized. Well, actually we are all hypnotized all the time. Um, but because we don't know we're being hypnotized. 
Well, I just don't know. I just mean you're not going to get me to take my pants off and start. Crying no, I know, like I know. That's and but that, that's part of it too. Is I might that, take my pants off, but I'm not going to crack like a duck. Right. Um, <laughs> you do have to have a willingness to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to enter into this, right? So if the person is resisting, and then yeah, you're not going to hypnotize someone if their guard is yeah. up and they know you're trying to hypnotize me. So okay, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to let you do it. You're probably not going to do it. Um, so there's there's levels of it. So you can hypnotize somebody without them knowing that you're doing it. Um, because there are certain things that uh, our subconscious responds to. and there are That's what I'm do. interested. That, yeah. That's what plays into the pastors that's and the right. pundits. That's right. And so the, the stuff that happens where you don't know it's happening. Mm. Um, yeah. And so the more I've looked into that, it's so amazing. It's so fascinating. I mean, I, one of these days I have a, I think I'm going to, I'm going to get certified and become a hypnotherapist because I'm so amazed by hypnotherapy. Um, and also okay, because so I, what's I realized, the, what's the, go for it. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, well, what's, okay, then what's like the, um, be super reductive and quick, but yes. okay. So how do people fall under the spell so easily? Because yeah. millions and millions of people are under the spell in some way or another. Yes. Okay. So, um, at its simplest level, hypnotism, there's only two things that need to happen for you, for a person to become hypnotized. Number one is you take the critical part of your brain and you have to kind of push it aside and allow the creative side of your brain really to take over, okay? And then the second thing is um, you need a focused attention on something. So again, and the process of focusing your attention on someone or something, um, then you also then push aside that critical analytical part of your brain. And now, you're, now you've, what, that's, what you've done is you've opened yourself up to suggestion. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really, those are the two conditions necessary for hypnotism to take place. Um, now the, the level of hypnotism that you go into sort of depends on the, the focus of your attention. If the focus of your attention, because by the way, this is what happens when you watch a movie or watch a TV show or read a book, right? Mm -hmm. You focus your attention on the words on the page. You focus your attention on the action on the screen. You push aside, um, everything else around you and you, and you suspend your disbelief. We talk about that a lot, right? Watching movies. You have to turn off that part of your brain. So on one level, there's a, there's a lower level of hypnotism. Again, we all experience this. We're watching a movie, for example. So you know that they ha- you know that you're in that state of mind, that that sort of suggestible state of mind when you're watching a movie. When you jump, when they want you to jump, you cry when they want you to cry, right? You're, you're anxious when they want you to be anxious, because why? You are you have surrendered yourself to what's happening on the screen. You, you're not analyzing, oh, they're trying to make me scared here. Oh, they're trying to make mm-hmm. me cry here. Because if you mm-hmm. did that part, you, you break out of the spell and it wouldn't work. Yeah. So um, those things happen. Is that um, like, is that why they say not to break the fourth wall or go meta? Yeah. So you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to do that because then it, it shocks people out of that. It reminds them they're watching a movie or they're watching, watching a movie. Show. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so. Or you don't want to not do it, but you have to be very careful and how intentional you how you do it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know you some people do. do. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. do it without breaking the spell, but um, but like so in the mean, office, they, in the office they do it all the time. Like all the time. Jim will Jim will make the look and like make a yeah. look at the camera. So okay, yeah. now so you remind. But that's part of the premise is that we're watching a documentary, right? So. Right, and because you because the premise is you're watching a documentary. When they do mm-hmm. that, it doesn't break. Yeah. You right, you right, still right. are and for that moment you are believing this is happening in this right. office. These are real characters and yeah, yeah, yeah. They, these are their real emotions and what their, their real reactions are. Right? right. I mean, you know, it isn't, but in the, in the moment you are, but, 
going along with it. You're still suspending your disbelief because it's part of they, they're they're allowed to do that in that setting, but generally you wouldn't want to. Right. So now, so now we get to like, how does this happen? So that kind of that is exactly what happens when you're giving a sermon, when you're mm-hmm. at a, someone's giving a political speech. Uh-huh. Um, so another fascinating thing that that plays into this is I, I looked into there's something called conversational hypnosis. And these are techniques, again, you can find people on YouTube who teach this, these techniques. And um, it's a formula, right? You begin with sort of a, an imaginative phrase, like you actually will say to somebody, imagine or, or consider or what if. And so when you, when you do that, when you, you begin with the phrase, with their engaging their imagination, that's the beginning. You're pulling them into that imaginative side of their brain. You're pushing away the analytical side. You're mm-hmm. asking them to imagine or picture in their mind something. That's the first part of the phrase. And then there's 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 like a series of things that you need to say in certain orders. There's even little pauses you need to put in for a second before you say yeah. the next thing. So yeah. there's a rhythm and a pattern to it. And you can, again, go on YouTube and you, someone will show you here's how you do it. One of the most fascinating ones I watched was a video where the guy, um, he's in his car. He's filming himself. He on purpose runs a red light. A cop pulls him over. And he uses conversational hypnosis to trick the cop into letting him drive away. Jesus Christ! And he gets out of the ticket. And it's the whole crazy. Thing That's the whole thing is the whole thing is on the video, um, and you see him employ these techniques, and it freaking works. It's like holy Wild. cow! So, um, and then real quick, uh, so I, t- I mentioned Melissa Tears. She's phenomenal. So there's a video of hers where she analyzes Trump and the his the way he gives speeches. When he mm-hmm. gives a speech, he repeats certain phrases over and over again. He hit the, the crazy thing is he's using hypnotic techniques, whether he someone mm-hmm. taught him those techniques or whether he just does this naturally, but it works. Even, you know, they, they made a big deal about when he was president, he would meet with, you know, the prime minister of Japan or the premier of Germany or, you know, France, whatever. And the way he would shake their hand, you know, all mm-hmm. the handshake things he would do that was so weird. Mm-hmm. That is a hypnosis induction technique. When you're shaking somebody's hand and you break the rhythm of it, you pull them towards you. There's there's several videos where he's shaking the hands of somebody like that, you know, on camera, walks yeah. up to them, shakes their hand. He'll pull them towards him and then he'll whisper something in their ear. Dude, that is classic hypnotic technique because they're open to suggestion because you've broken something that's a, a an unconscious uh, thing. Like you don't think about shaking someone's hand. It's just an mm-hmm. unconscious thing you do. But when you break that unconscious motion... And in that instant, you you say something to somebody, they are open to a hypnotic uh, suggestion. And Trump does this crap. It's really kind of scary. Like, damn, this well, guy knows scary. what he's doing. I think he does. I think someone like Trump does. I think Tucker Carlson does. I think Sean Hannity does. Yeah. And I think they're either being – I mean, they've had to take classes and courses on communication. Yeah. And I'd be willing to bet – this style of communication was included, not just how to articulate or give a speech, yeah, but to really get people who should, because what I don't understand is that I, I look at someone like Donald Trump, there's nothing attractive about him. No. There's nothing that he <laughs> could say to me that's going to sway me to his side. Like he's the most, un- but for some people, he's fucking the bee's knees. Like he's just, he's oh, they the are. greatest, like yeah. it's, the, it's like they have they're either, and, and I don't like to say this about large swaths of people, they're either really stupid or they're under a spell. 
And I, I tend to think there, it, there's, there's a lot in the first camp. Don't yes. get me wrong. Yeah, there's. I, I watched Klepper talk to him. Yes, I love him. I love him. <laughs> I watched the uh, what is it? The, um, there's a, there's other Klepper like you know. Yeah, where they the interview actual yeah. people, and you're like, you can't believe these people. Are like what? You're like, dude, where'd you find this? Were you there for hours and hours and days to find this one one? No, like no, everyone was like that. But there's there's also some people in the second camp who are like, you're not dumb. So what is it? Are you're under? A, it's like you're. It's like some Harry Potter or some shit yeah, some like kind that. of delusional or like stuff. like uh, remember King Theoden when he uh, yeah he's under that spell and Gandalf has to release him and yes. it's like that's almost like okay so what is it about Trump yeah because for all intents and purposes he's not like the most I mean he's charismatic he's a good roast comic yes but it's not someone who's gonna like sway you to be like oh man I need to follow this dude yeah so I, I I think part of it is. Okay, so like you say that you know, and maybe it's true. Maybe it's possible that some some of these guys actually have had someone train them on these techniques, and that's very possible. But I'll I'll say this is what kind of blew my mind. Like when I was watching this guy, I mentioned this guy Carl. I think it's Carl Smith, um, who does the the guy from the UK who does the hypnotherapy training. I was I watched several of his videos in a row, and I I was surprised how often he would teach a technique. And, and demonstrate it like he's actually doing it with somebody. Mm. And I would stop and go, oh, dude, I've done that. Like, That's I already right. know how to do that, but I didn't take any courses on hypnotism. So there are like on one level, like the um, like when you're when you're doing public speaking. Right. It's a it's a persuasive way of speaking and it's a hypnotic technique. Mm-hmm. And and they're giving the technique. And I'm like, I do that. But I do that because it works. You know what I mean? Like over time, I've just figured out. If I say something a certain way and I emphasize it a certain way and I build up to it a certain way, that it works. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, but when he's teaching it as a hypnotic technique and I'm like, well, damn, I kind of already do that. I just didn't know. You just didn't know. Worked, yeah. Like why it yeah. worked. Um, and um, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's something you can learn over time just intuitively. Uh, or got, could it be you something gotta, that you're taught? Yeah. You got to think that though. Uh like an entity like Fox News, we'll use them as an example because they're like the biggest. I mean, they yeah. make the most money. They have the, you know. And they're the most life. influential in this category. <laughs> they're the most influential. So you got to know, they know all those techniques. Like, yeah. the, the, you know, the people there know all these techniques. They might not call it hypno whatever. No, no. But they would. <clears throat> they might call them like, oh, these are marketing techniques or these are, yeah. you know, Communication whatever. skills. Communication yeah. skills. But that, that's all that they're doing because, I mean, like what's wild is that I would be willing to bet that they haven't lost much of their listenership. Like you no. would think like if, 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 if it was found out that Keith and Matt were saying some wacky shit on, yeah. Oh, to their texts are released and choir would not. It would die. It'd it be it over. would die. It'd be yeah. done. And yeah. rightfully oh, so. Guys, they're, they're hypocrites. Yeah. They're hypocrites. There's a level like, of like, just, yeah. Bullshit. Trust is broken. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there was a meme going around. I shared it that said something like, you know, Fox News, we're lying to you, Fox listeners. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Exa- <laughs> and, and it's like, no, that, that's, that's like exactly they, what's going on. We're lying to you. No, you're not. Yeah. That's exactly. That's a deep level of hypnosis that, there, and, buddy. And that, that's what's so wild about this whole thing. And, and to, to Trump, too, like, I saw Lindsey Graham with tears in his eyes. Yes. 
begging for people to give Donald J. Trump money. Money? Money. You're like this guy needs money? Give, that guy needs... He, he claims to be a billionaire. Right. A billionaire. And you are on a fixed income, Fox News listener. <laughs> yes. And and we're getting upset as like people who are not being... We're not swindled by people like this. Right. I'm not giving my money to them. Right. I'm not giving my time and my devotion and buying flags and memorabilia and putting it... Flying we're, it out we're, my, we're looking, back in my truck. And, yeah. We're looking out for you all. And that's the irony is that we're like, stop stop being... St- you, the grifter doesn't grift the people who don't believe his grift. Right. The grifter believes the, the, the devotees. Yes. Like... And and we're trying to warn you, like this people is these people are grip. He's a billionaire, asking for money from poor folks in in flyover states. Right. And I, and I don't exactly. say that as a as a no disrespect. I say that as like that's how he would see you as all just that's, a bunch well, of fucking yes. poor white people. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and again, there is this level of psychosis too, where um, people can sit like these poor white um, voters in those again those kind of flyover states. Um, consistently will vote against their own self-interest. 100%. Yeah. They'll keep voting for people that are cutting all the government programs that they need to feed their kids and stay alive and, uh, you know. And they'll get them to rah, rah, rah against it. Like I I work with people who are on every government program you can imagine. But they hate socialism. (laughs) Medi-Cal, exactly. (laughs) EBT food stamps, energy assistance programs. Uh-huh. Internet broadband uh, programs, all the whole nine yards, the whole nine, yeah. free phones for if you free fall phones. down, yes, free phone, that a button that you press if you fall and break your hip. All this shit is government funded where we're at. Yeah. Plus housing, it's HUD. <laughs> so you, we have we have one resident. We pay every month to live there because they make so little and they get so much government hand, and they they should get more. I I think yeah, sure, if we could do sure. it. Housing should be super cheap, but yeah. they'll argue against it. Right. So it's like, and they'll vote against it too. They'll be like, yeah, no, this is bad. We don't want this. This is, this is awful. We're not this socialists. Not a, we're not. So, yeah. No, you literally are. You're like way hardcore socialist. Right. So what, again, it's like this, this hip not, how do you break, how do you break them out of it? Yeah. Well, that's the hard part, right? It really is. Um, I think the first step is to, to um, help people see kind of like what we're, hopefully what we're doing in this on this uh, podcast is to just raise people's awareness that this kind of stuff is happening, right? If you know that people are using those things, these techniques against you, they're finding ways to kind of get past your analytical mind to go into that sort of just uh, get a free pass into the, your brain through the creative which, side. Which of your brain. works in the Christian world because they demonize any intellectualism. That's yes. Yeah. yeah that's part of it too. That is part of it. That's, that's the reason why, uh, someone was saying the other day in my scrum class, like uh, their pastor was always telling them, don't read Brene Brown, don't read Anne Lamott, don't read Marcus Borg. And now they're realizing, oh, that's the stuff I should have been reading. All the stuff they're telling me not to read, the reason they're telling me not to read it or look at it or listen to it is because that's the stuff that'll set me free, mm. right? That's the stuff. So almost like they're they're giving you clues when they're warning you against things like, no, mm-hmm. that's what you should be doing. You should be reading that. You should listen mm-hmm. to that person. Because that's the person that is going to break the spell. That's the person that's going to make you open your eyes and you're going to go, oh, oh, this is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not even to read them. Yeah. Not even to, like, I wouldn't even recommend you reading those people so that you have to agree with them. I don't even, no. 
Like I don't, I, I wouldn't know what Brenny Brown believes about everything or Marcus Borg or Anne Lamont or anyone. Right. I don't even think I, it takes a long time to get to know what someone really believes. Like yeah. I probably, I could probably list most of the things you believe, but not everything. And right. we've known each other for years. Yes. But it's just to say, like you just said, to break them free of that mind trap, I guess, where you have yeah. to put, and, and that makes sense that they're like, don't, you know, they, they, they bemoan higher in higher education. They bemoan the school systems. I mean, you've got, I mean, not for nothing, but you have people in Congress with a GED wanting to abolish the department of education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so they can slide into that, that part of your brain where yeah. you're now under their spell and you start again, voting against your best interest or attending church against your best interests. Right. And, 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 and tithing to the money. church. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I like this. I, I think that's a good rule of thumb. This, this idea of like, because <clears throat> this, this goes into what we were talking about a few episodes back about, you know, banning books and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like we would never tell anybody don't read that book don't, I mean, I would say don't believe that person or like, I think that person's full of crap, but I would trust somebody's ability to have a brain and think for themselves. Uh, like a lot of times people I don't agree with, I'll just say like, yep, let them talk. Cause I, cause I think if you listen to them long enough, you're going to hear the bullshit and you go, Oh, that's stupid. So I'm not afraid of, for people to like, oh, go listen to something or read. Like, I don't like Jordan Peterson, but okay. I'll tell you why I don't like him, but I'm not going to tell you don't read his book or don't watch his videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. So so the thing is like, for me, when there are people who do that, the people telling you, you know, you're forbidden to watch that. You're forbidden to read that. Don't listen to that. Why are they telling you not? Why are they afraid of that? Why are they afraid of another voice, another opinion, right? Like I'm not afraid of other people voicing their opinions. That's why I do debates and stuff. Like I think you should hold those things side by side and look at both and decide which one makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people on the other side who want to mind control you, they're the ones telling you, no, no, don't, don't listen to that. Don't, because they know that that's going, that's going to undermine the process of what they're trying to do, how they're trying to manipulate, manipulate and control you. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's another red flag, by the way, that's, um, I read this article. I mean, this, this topic gets so deep. Um, but there's a guy named um, Stephen Hassan, and he used to be a Mooney uh, when he was younger. And uh, his, he had to, you know, it was a which is a cult. It's a mind control cult. Um, he had to have an intervention. I think his like family literally like kidnapped, paid a guy to kidnap him and lock him in a room and deprogram him uh, to, to, to break him out of this mind control stuff. Uh, but since then, he's done a ton of research. He started something called the Freedom of Mind Resource Center. You can find it online. And um, he used tons of research from like people that had studied uh, Maoist China, how they do brainwashing in Maoist China, um, mm-hmm. combined with some cognitive dissonance theory by Leon uh, Festinger. And anyway, he developed something called the Byte model, which helps you identify cultic organizations or you know churches or groups because it isn't just churches. There are you know I think even politically there are groups that are that follow these things. I'm, and, dude, I'm sure advertisers do. Oh no, dude! Of course they do. <laughs> Advertising is a is like an example of that. Like, yeah. But and it, here's the thing: it works. 
if it didn't work, they wouldn't be uh, doing it. They wouldn't it. do it. <laughs> That's right. So uh, marketing and advertising. Yeah, all my background in marketing, advertising, and sales. Like when I first got into sales, I was into sales before I got into marketing. And like the same kind of thing. You, that's why salesmen memorize a pitch and, mm-hmm. and they memorize a close, right? There's different kinds of closes, right? That you can do. And and you do them because they work and they are a form of coercion and hypnotism. Like um, like when you do a, like uh, one of the closes I learned in sales was like, you give them the pitch, you give them all the benefits, all the reasons why this product will change their life or solve whatever their problems are, right? And well, that's why you start off asking them, what's your biggest challenge? What's your problem? You let you listen to them first. And then you just connect their problems to your product and why your product will answer those problems. It solve those mm-hmm. problems. And no matter you, what they are. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You just, you just, <laughs> you make, you just you it doesn't matter. Connection. You just yeah. find a way. Yeah. And then, um, but then the close, one of the, one of the closes is what's called the assumptive close. Well, you don't ask them, do you want this or would you like to purchase it? You just, you just go do. straight from the benefits into, would you like to pay by uh, cash or a credit card? And then See, here's okay. the technique. Here's then the I'll technique. Be like, fuck, go fuck yourself. Man. You know, but here's the technique. And by the way, this works. This works. I, I mean, it works most of the time. When you ask that question for the close, because the close is simply just asking for the sale. When you ask for the close and you do it that assumptive way, where we just go straight from, you leap over. You go from the benefits to the close, right? And mm-hmm. it'll do this and solve this and this problem. And you want this, don't you? Would you like to pay by credit card or check or cash? And then stop talking. This is this is a number one rule in sales. Stop talking. And because the rule is the first person who talks loses. And sometimes you will sit there for 30 seconds of dead silence. Don't say a word. And eventually that other person, there's so much pressure built up that they'll say credit card. And you close the sale. It freaking works most of the time. Like I'm telling you, this is just one of the sales techniques. And so people use these things. This is a form of hypnotism, right? You you set some of them up. You get them to follow you along the path. You come to this point. You ask a certain question. You do a technique where you stop and wait. You don't talk. And most of the time they'll say, okay. That's, again, that's just one of those techniques. There's a scene in the office where Daryl is trying to negotiate for a higher wage. And yes. Michael, Michael knows that. The first person that speaks is is puts themselves. Oh yeah, that's right. They just sit there, and then Michael Michael can't handle it, and he 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 eventually (laughs) says something. Right. No, but see, this is this is one of those techniques. So yeah, marketing, advertising, sales—they all use these kind of techniques. Um, Wild. Okay, okay. There's a different type of person though, because like the minute you, if you assume, like my brain, this is the way my brain works. You go right to that. Is it going to be check, credit card, money order, messenger pigeon, whatever? Yeah, yeah. Fax, fax me. <laughs> I'm going, okay, that's uh, that's really assumptive of you. Yeah. And and so you're asking a loaded question. Right. Because I didn't, I didn't agree to any of this. See, now your analytical so part of your brain is in You're game. a dirt bag. Yes. And I don't, I'm going to go buy the same product, but I'm going to go buy it somewhere else. Right. But see, that if that happened... That would be a failure. The, the salesman failed to disengage you from the analytical part of your brain. So, so you got to do that work before. Yeah, yeah. The beginning of it, we have to start the conversation. Now imagine. Think about mm-hmm. this. Right now, I'm, I'm pulling okay, you into the imagine. creative side of your brain. It sounds, like, it, sounds like, it sounds like a sermon. You're about to start a sermon. Series. No, it is. No, it now totally imagine. is, dude. It really is. Yeah. And it is a little dangerous. You know, like, so as I've been looking into some of this stuff and you see it, I mean, this is the reason why I never liked sales because sales felt 
very manipulative to me. Feels dirty. I always huh? felt like, yeah, you feel like scummy. Like yeah. I'm tricking this person into buying something they probably would never buy otherwise. <laughs> um, like a $1,200 vacuum. <laughs> yes. Oh, I used to sell. I used to sell these. Uh, I think it was about $1,200. To a woman on fixed income. <laughs> there was a there was a thing called a rainbow machine. It's not a vacuum, but it uses water yeah. thing. It's actually a really cool machine, but it's very expensive. Yeah, that, that's why I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of it? No. The rainbow oh, no. machine? Sounds no, gay. No. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can say that, people. I can say that. No, that so that actually happened to me when I was when I was much younger. I was selling these things literally, not door to door because you'd set up appointments ahead of time. But but you know, I'd go yeah. into some, some stranger's house and set it up. And again, you memorize this whole pitch, and you take it all the way to the end, right? And and uh, and that did happen to me. Actually, that's when I quit. The, I I I was pitching it to this poor poor family, and as it went on, I figured out like. Um, the, the dad lost his job. It was like, yeah. And the, the, the mom was working at a grocery store, like part-time they, and they had like a family of six and there's no way they should have bought this thing. Right. No. And so I would, I, you know, I did the pitch and then what you're instructed to do is if you do, if you do the clothes and they don't buy, you're supposed to say, can I, can I use your phone? I need to call my manager and set up my next appointment. So they give you the, you use their phone. And then while you're on the phone, they ask, did they buy? And you say no. And then they say, okay, tell them that your manager just said that they can get this part for free. So then you say, oh, hey, buy. my manager says that if you buy today, it will knock off this much money and blah, blah, blah. Then there's stages of that. There's like four stages of that. Jeez. And so anyway, I did, the, I went through that and they ended up saying, finally, I wore them down and they, they bought it. But of course, like two months later, we had to repossess it. Because they of couldn't course, make the payments, dude, of course. That's, I Jesus. But the way the but the policy was the the salesman that sold it had to be the one to go repossess it, and when I had Fuck. to go back into that house and 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 box that stuff up, dude, I felt like a piece of crap. I was like, I'm done. I'm never doing this yeah. again. This this sucks, man. It was just yeah, horrible. no doubt. So, that's like a that's a scene. Have you played Red Dead Redemption too? No. It's like a scene like right out of the, except you know it's not about selling something but right i won't give any spoilers just in case yeah, people have played it but yeah that's did you repent of that that seems oh, like something worthy of repenting though. i well I, I repented by walking in and quitting uh, <laughs> there you go i just said i'm done I, i'm finished Can't do this yeah yeah man that's that's tough because yeah that's dirty yeah that's dude dirty. but see this is the thing it does work and so in the hands of the wrong you, person. You sold something that you knew they were not going to be able to afford. And two right. months later, they got it repossessed. And yeah. they knew that they couldn't afford it. That's right. But and they only did it because out. we use these techniques until they, they, you wore them, wore them down. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Not that good. must have been before cell phones because you had to use their phone. <laughs> That's right. Though it was. So you're like, I'm sorry, can I use your phone? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but see, but here's the thing though that helps me again. Now that I know this stuff, Right. Like this is why when when salesmen call me at home, well, that mm-hmm. doesn't happen very often. But if I ever answer the phone, it's a sales call. Yeah. It doesn't work on me because I, I know, know immediately. The minute they start talking, I know. Oh, this is a script. Yep, it's a version of this script. Do you ever I tell know. them that? Do you ever? Do you ever oh, go? No, like, I hey, I, you do. Yeah. What do they say? Just like uh, well, what I've done. What I actually have done this is help. I've coached some of them on the phone. Like I've said, hey man, I'm not going to buy your product. Can I just tell you though? When you when you ask me this, don't do this way. Do it the other way because that's this. Like I'll actually coach them because I'll be like, yeah, dude, you're doing it wrong. This isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying your stuff, but you're really doing this the wrong way. This is bad. 
you know, That's you shouldn't really do funny. it this way. You shouldn't ask it this way. You should say this. I got, I got a cold call. I never experienced this in my life before. I got a cold call from a real estate office and they just went right into a pitch about buying my house. And I stopped him. I was like, you're giving me a cold call. I'm buying my house. You're wasting my time. He's like, you don't. And then he's like, stop for a second. He's like, you don't appreciate the grind. And I was like, oh, this is off script. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I went, yo. Uh, work smarter, not harder, son. And then he hung up. <laughs> but I, I knew right when I was getting pitched. I thought, That's a big pitch. We're gonna come put your house on the market. I was like, I'm, I'm not yeah. trying. To, I'm not trying to do that. What are you fucking talking about? Right. Man? Yeah. And, this, and then he's like, you don't appreciate the grind. The grind. No. No. Yes. Not not in this instance. Generally, I do. Yeah. Not no. Here. My mom. So my mom. You're right. So she's like 76, something like that. Um. She, though, older people, this is why they fall for these scams all the time. All, all the time. Because they, they, their critical mind isn't up, right? Like you yeah. and I, we know enough of like online scams, phone totally. scams. That's why we don't get them as much. That's right. So we they turn don't... 65 and start collecting Social Security. Yeah, because we're our guard is up. We're, we're savvy yeah. to this. But older people are not. Like they will just oh, I know. buy into it. Oh, I want totally. won money. I won this lottery I didn't even enter. And all I got to do yeah, is send them a exactly. check for the taxes. And they'll come down like where I work. There's uh, like 50 some odd residents. Yeah. And they'll come down and be like, hey, I, I might, you know, uh, might get a couple million dollars. I got to give like $4,800. I don't, I think it's a scam. And I'm like, yes, it's a fucking scam. You don't <laughs> give $4,800 some stranger. They're going to give you $5 million. No, like, it will no, not stop. So I've done classes on like, yeah. Hey, we need to have some internet technology, <laughs> bank yes. account information seminars here, folks. You can't, yeah. my grandfather went rest his soul, uh, like three or four different times. And I think my, my mom was his rep payee at the time, gave uh, IBM or Microsoft his social security number. No, I mean, it's not really Microsoft, right? No, of course <laughs> not. Yes. Me, no. So he's like, oh, they asked for it. You know, it sounded important. I'm like, ah, grandpa. Yeah. So uh, my, my, uh, my oldest son, Dylan, well, he used to do this thing where uh, people would call like that and they say like, oh, yes, yeah, so I'm calling from Apple computer and you have a virus. And we don't have an Apple computer. So he knew immediately, right? It was a scam. Mm -hmm. And so he would, he just played along and he tried so to see how long he could keep the guy on the phone. Yeah. And it was so funny, dude. It was hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He had so much fun doing it too. He'd be like laughing and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy. Yeah. Giving him fake names and all. It was just, oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's wild. It's wild how, um, I, th I think you're, Going back to what you said earlier, I think a lot of it, I mean, obviously these things are trained and these, these yep. pitches are trained and they're, they're all, you know, researched and all that. But I think there's, um, there's like an, an innate programming in the way we communicate that we just recognize what works and then we don't have the language, but, but we still do it. I bet we do some of it with marketing and trying to do choir stuff. I guarantee there's stuff that we're doing that's probably quote unquote accidentally hypnotic sure um, I, mean, I don't know that we are though i mean well i mean i just i just mean the way we communicate on like uh, we are trying to get someone to buy a book we're well, not yeah. trying to trick them into it sure. but we are doing things we're doing techniques that we've yeah, seen that work they're marketing techniques yes and again because i'm at my background's in marketing and yeah, yeah full disclosure so that's what i do with choirs trying yeah, to help exactly. our authors sell more books and so i yeah. i think that i think the yeah. principal point of like that's of importance is that 
are you trying to dupe someone or are you really trying to to push help something someone. that you yeah. believe in yourself and that's help right. someone and yeah. so that's that's the crux of the matter like i'm cool with with political pundits communicating in such a way that you're going to try to bring people in and get yeah. them to listen it's 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 do you yourself believe the bullshit that you're spewing <laughs> if you don't because it seems like m more more people more and more people we're finding out don't actually believe the shit that they're right. selling it's like if we had choir books that were like god i wouldn't read that and we're publishing and we're like hey, it was a great book yeah well okay you, you yeah. can push great books if you got a great product fucking screaming from the rooftops right but but don't don't scream a shit product from the rooftops and say you believe in it and then we come to find out yeah no that, that, and i think that's right i mean that that's where the there's integrity because like with choir exactly. we're not even approaching authors or, or publishing authors unless we believe in them we believe in what the book is saying, or we believe that they actually have something that's going to help people. I mean, that is, mm -hmm. I think if you, the bottom line for what choir is doing, right. I mean, I, th I think we would want every book that somebody bought from choir for them to read it. And when, when they finish it, say, wow, that really helped me. That set me free. That opened my mind. That helped me think about something or understand something or yep. solve a problem. No matter um, whether it's a story, a book yeah. of poetry, a literary criticism, a yeah. theology book, even my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, exactly. And that's, so that's, that's why we're doing what we're doing. And so, yeah, when we market the book, it's because we really do believe, Hey, if you struggle with the, like, you know, like parenting deconstructed, right. That whole book was like, because there are people who are parents who are deconstructing, they, they have mm -hmm. questions. What do I do? How do I raise my kids? Well, let's put a book together that answers that question that helps people in that situation. Exactly. Um, or like, you know, before you lose your mind, we knew that gospel coalition was putting out this bullshit book that was going to have a bunch of propaganda about deconstruction. They knew nothing about it. And we're like, well, okay, then we need to write one about deconstruction because we do know about it. And we're going to, we don't want to lead people astray. Because we've been through it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that book was helping people, right? So I think yeah. I could go through all of my books and your books. You know, I, I like I wrote the book, Jesus Undefeated, because people need to know that, hey, there's always been three views of hell historically. Eternal conscious torment has the worst amount of evidence for it from the Bible. And universalism was the main view of the church for 400 years. Okay. I wrote the book so people would know that, that what that's helpful. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think it, it, um, I think that's a good point. Like when you listen to someone, you have to ask on what authority do they say these things? Yeah. And so you, you look at like someone like Trump or Tucker Carlson and they're, they're trying to be like populist talk to the people. Right. Yeah. You've never been a poor person. Right. You talk about a small million dollar loan. Uh -huh. Tucker Carlson <laughs> talks about the elitist. You're elite as fuck, bro. You yeah. wore a bow tie. <laughs> you wear a bow tie and you went to like elite, elite school. schools. Yes. Yeah, so uh, to the deconstruction book, before you lose your faith, right? I don't think any of those people in that book, I would guess, have deconstructed their faith. No. So when you look at our book, you're like, I don't even know if I agree. I don't agree with everyone in that book because no. I, I know who's in that book. I right. know Derek Day's in that book. I know Derek Day and I don't agree on a lot <laughs> right. of things. Right. I mean, but, I love him, but I don't yeah. agree with him. Yeah. He's a friend, but yeah. it doesn't mean we agree. Right. The po That's not the point, though. The point is that everyone who is writing about their shit went through it. And yeah. that was their experience. So there's a level of integrity there because they're, they're saying something about their experience that is actually true, legitimately yes. true. You don't, I, I don't have to like, if I was a politician, 
I, I wouldn't want to try to beat the dead horse because, you know, some people do that too. I was poor. I, you know, uh-huh. and it's like, okay, yeah, we get it. <laughs> but you could say like, Hey, I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. I know what it's like to, to not know if you are going to make rent. Like I, it's like, damn, yeah, we got to figure do. out. <laughs> well, we got to work on that. Keith. Yeah, we are. We are. We're working on that, but uh, hopefully, yeah, yeah it's going to get better. But, but you could actually talk to people like that. Where, yeah. Whereas like you could actually be a populist type of leader because you've been through it. You, you, you'd been through and are going through or have gone through the same things people have. And it's like, when I look at some of the people that get hypnotized by these folks, it's yeah. like these people you're hypnotized by they never they never did nothing like that. They don't right. know what it's like to be eating ramen for a few days straight. Right. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. Longer okay. than that or, exactly. or you know peanut butter jelly sandwiches and yep. you know driving a driving a 91 Corolla with a with a tape as a window or something. Yes. You know? Exactly. Like exactly. how are you going to like it was uh, Dave Chappelle was on one of his specials was like doing a bit on how he was in line to vote and he was like the only black guy there and talking to the people and about Donald Trump and and it's like Dave Chappelle's point was like uh, Donald Trump's way more for me as a rich black man than he is for you a poor white person right. <laughs> right. like don't get it twisted these these people who bemoan elitists are elite as they come. Right. And that's right. So that's the other part of it, too, is what they are saying doesn't match what they do. Um, And that's the definition of hypocrisy. There's a word for that. Yeah, that's a word. Hypocrisy, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, to talk during the campaign about all these other things, right, that you seem to care about and the people you seem to care about. But then when you get in power, you pass every all the legislation that you pass is to benefit people like him who are rich, right? Like he's not helping the people that are poor, right? So, so on the one level, yeah, you, you connect with them and their hearts and their minds because you figured out if you say these things, it'll trigger something. It'll resonate with them. They'll be like, yes, yes, yes. Someone finally gets it. Someone finally mm-hmm. is is saying what I feel. So I'm going to vote for him. But then when he gets in there, it's like it's over. Like, I, nope, I don't give a crap about you. I'm not passing any legislation that helps you. I'm not going to do any of the things I said I'm going to do. Um, well, but they still convinced that they do because like, look yeah. at like, okay, so – Trump did um, pass tax reform yeah. during his presidency, and it was for the rich. Yes. And they've convinced, I mean, how insidious is this? Rich folks have convinced poor folks that if the rich have more money, it'll eventually trickle down it'll to It'll trickle them. down to you. Now, it never I mean, has. It never I, has. Yeah, exactly. But when I mean, what an insidious, happen? what an insidious, shitty thing to tell people and convince them of it. Yes. And so you've almost got all these people like, please, sir, can I have another? Yeah. And it's like, the, but they keep coming back. They keep coming they keep back to the it. same thing. And you're like, when are you going to get this? You're not. No. Because every I, I, there must be something about every spell. four years we forget what happened four years ago or something. Because like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we forget that. Oh, wait, you said that last time and you didn't do it. But you're telling me this time you're going to do it. Okay, well, I, this time I believe. It's like Charlie but, Brown with yeah. Lucy in the football, right? Exactly. How many yeah. times? But this time yeah. I won't move it away. I'll, I'll, I'll let you kick it. I really will. Yeah. yeah. Sure you will. Yeah. I think, But I think the whole thing is is what you pointed out earlier. You have to get people to cut off the analytical, logical side of their brain. Right. Because this all hinges on that. The minute they step back and think of it, they're like, oh, does this elite, rich, billionaire, New York, coastal 
real estate mogul care about me in in Des Moines, Iowa? Well, no, the and the logical brain goes, of course not. Yeah. Right. But, but here's the, the other, emotional. Yeah. He's got the emotional hook in in your gills. Yeah, but here the other part of it. That, by the way, this happens also in uh, on, on the religious side too. It's not just hypnotize them to believe that the side that they're on is the best and only option. It's also to demonize the other side so that if that analytical part of the brain kicks in and they go, yeah, but you know, this doesn't really help me. And it really actually is more for the rich. But then, but then, so when the part of the brain goes, well, maybe I should vote for the Democrat. No, can't do that. No, no. Why? Because they're killing babies and they don't like, so you know what I mean? Like there has to be an equal side of demonizing the other side. And with like with the religious side, right? Don't read Marcus Borg. Don't read Bishop Spong. They're going to lead you off into hell, and they're going to you're going to lose your faith. You're going to buy into a counterfeit gospel. Okay, so I'm sitting in church and I'm listening to the pastor, and my analytical brain's going, "I don't is that really what God is like, or does the Bible really say that, or that, is that what that means?" So then you're like, "Well, then maybe I should read somebody else." No, I can't read that. Oh, because that's wrong. That's evil. That's bad. So you have to have that sort of like yin and yang kind of thing going where. You know, you have to have the fear factor for the other, for the, for the alternative. So yeah. you could never bring yourself ever. Right. And and I saw this actually going back, back to Trump. I saw this with my family members where, I mean, before Trump was elected, right. So um, like during the campaign, when we weren't sure who's going to be the, who's going to be the Republican nominee, people hated Trump. I mean, Lindsey oh, Graham, all, Republicans hated Trump. Hate, yeah, hated all these, yeah. all these amazing clips of all these guys saying all these, like telling the truth that they could yeah. see who he was. Yeah. He's saying a liar. the same shit like the young Turks would say or something. Yes. He's a liar. <laughs> He's a swindler. Don't believe yeah. him. People, his followers are stupid. <laughs> He's racist. Yes. They knew exactly who he was. Right. But then it's sort of like, so I don't like this guy. Like my good family members told me I'm voting for Trump, but I'm holding my nose. But, but but why? Why would you do that? Well, because the alternative, I can never vote for a, a Democrat. I could never vote for Hillary because she's the devil, right? Killer. So you end up voting for someone you do not like. You're embarrassed that this person is your nominee. So that's how it began. But again, fast forward four years and these people would take a bullet for him. They're mm -hmm. flying a stupid flag off their the back of their truck, you know. They're, they're convinced that he won the election just because he said he did. There's no evidence. Every court in the country has overturned it. every every you know lawsuit saying that there was fraud because there's no evidence of any fraud at all. So, yeah, I mean, that, so that's this process. You start off, you you know, I, I, I don't like this guy at all. I know exactly who he is. And four years later, somehow you you believe every word that comes out of his mouth. And because he's the greatest they, thing ever. Yeah. He's the best ever. Oh, my gosh. How could anyone not want to vote for him? Because they hooked you with that imagine yep. for a second. Yes. And the, all the imagines imagine. that came after that are like, imagine for a second, a group of Democrat cabal leaders <laughs> are harvesting children's Children's organs, yes, for their, to stay young. Yes. And like imagine, imagine someone who's not a politician, an outsider, what an we've outsider. really needed this whole time. And, and we all agree with that. Yeah, we, uh, we need... We need reform. We need political reform. We need we need people who aren't like you know corporate paid politicians. Yeah. So he's speaking to that. He's speaking to that crowd, and he's speaking to that exactly that thing that we all agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with that part. Yeah, all of those it. things are good. Yeah. And then then yeah, then this then the, then that's the sales pitch, and then the and answer, the, the solution pitch. to that is yeah. Donald Trump. I, I even had people again, family members say that one of the things that one of the great things about Donald Trump 
was that he's a billionaire, which means he cannot be uh, manipulated by corporate interests because he doesn't need money. He's a billionaire, right? So they can't tempt him. But then he'll turn around and, again, fundraise and ask for money. Uh, Again, they they also made a big deal about, again, talk talk about mind control and hypnotism. Right. He did this thing when he was president, right, about how uh, he donated his paycheck, right, his presidential paycheck. Mm. And people, oh, man, they loved it. He look at that. He doesn't even take the money. He doesn't want the paycheck. Yeah. But you understand he made about three hundred and fifty million dollars as president. He made a shitload of money as president, all kinds of money. Right. Understand that the fact that he's a billionaire doesn't mean he doesn't like money. <laughs> think about that likes it a lot what kind of a person is a billionaire because they love money yeah. so it's not like oh money has no hold on me bullshit money yeah. has so much hold on you because that's your whole life is being a probably, billionaire. There's, identity. Probably, there's a handful of billionaires who are probably cool like Maybe. i i know Bruce one Wayne's of them pretty cool. <laughs> i know one billionaire and i know i think i know i know uh, the same guy you know the same guy. He's cool. He is cool. <clears throat> and then Ken Gross. You should send me a check, though. Wish you'd send in, me some money. That'd be nice. Yeah, man. Come on. Just give me 100K. Um, <laughs> Ken Grossman's cool. The owner of Sierra Nevada yeah. uh, Brewery. Uh-huh. And he's he's a legit billionaire. He's cool, though. But again, like, it's sometimes like, how do you how did you make your money? Like, yeah. did you make it like Donald Trump, where you know he fucked people over? Oh, yeah. Or did you like, or were you at the for- forefront of like the micro brew? Like, Ken sure. Grossman grew up poor, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I don't know his whole story, but it's not like you were handed a bunch of shit. Like, yeah. He was brewing beer in his fucking closet, I think, or garage at first. Yeah. Yeah. There are some people that just got lucky, right? I mean, yeah. I, not, not that I'm a fan not, of. Not lucky, but I mean, like, yeah, lucky, but also like, damn, like, yeah, like, you know, you, sure. yeah, you, you start out, you have a startup and yeah. you have an, a good idea and it does well. And the next thing you know, yeah. You know, Bill Gates shows up and writes you a check and buys your company for like twenty million dollars. You're like, whoa, hey! But yeah, man. Well, when is your book coming out? Ah, oh, Lord, I don't even know. I, I seriously, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna, if I, if I'm gonna be able to save the book I'm working on, um, or not. And then, and then uh, I've got like six projects. So I want to write a book on biblical marriage. Um, it came out of that debate that I did and all the research on that. And um, so I've got a couple other projects. So I don't know. I'm hoping to, uh, I'm going to have to crack down. I think what I might have to, I figured it out. I'm going to have to like set my alarm, get up early, like a couple hours early every morning and just write in the mornings. And if I do that consistently for like a month or so, I think I can finish my next book. There you go. All right. So, you heard it here. For, you heard it here first, folks. I hope. All right. Well, it's been another fun episode. We're uh, we're at the hour mark, so we should probably uh, get the fuck out of here. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Please, thanks. everyone, uh, go support all the Choircast podcasts out there. I will link to all of them in the show notes. And make sure you re- rate and review this show. Thank you. Or else. I'll just assume you do. Okay, and if you... If you, uh, I'll just assume you're going to pay us credit card and cash and just imagine, just imagine for a second, <laughs> just imagine for me. Yes. Can I, get, can I get the, can I get the worship band to come up here? Yeah. Come on up. I have the worship band coming up. I would just close your eyes for a second. Everyone just close your eyes. Uh, it's going to be a minor key. Make it, make it nice and soft guys. Yeah. Here we go. I'm trying to get some money. 
Yeah, and see, we did get into that, but like, there's so much about the Christian oh, worship yeah. service. Oh, we it could is get into all that. Yes, very manipulative, and again, it's yeah, all on purpose. Yeah. It's all it's setting was, you up for suggestibility. You were a salesman. I was a I was a worship person. Yeah, it's not. And sadly, they're say, not very different. I knew what I was doing. Yeah, I knew what I was doing, and I wasn't like, I was never feeling it. I was. I was never like slain by the spirit. I was never, everyone had their hands up and I was just like, sometimes I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I played good though. When I was just a little buzz or something, I was like killing it back there on the drums. (laughs) I used to be be pretty good. Yeah. Gotta say, I gotta say, yeah, man. All right. Well, thanks for chatting for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. See you next time. Take care. Thank you.